Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Welcome in to the Husker 24-7 podcast. I'm Mike Schaefer, joined by Michael Brunts, Brian Christofferson. Here on Thursday morning, it is the NFL Draft Day kickoff. The draft is down in Kansas City. Brunts, how much money would you have to be paid to go stand down there for the NFL Draft? You have to be there the entire time. You have to stand the entire time. You're surrounded by Chiefs fans who just won the Super Bowl. What amount of money would you need to do this? All the money in the world could not get me to stand down there. It would even worth Denver doesn't even have a first round pick. So, like, what am I doing down there? You're just there. You're hanging out amongst the draftees. I that's the first I'm hearing too about the Chiefs winning the Super Bowl. That was that was new to oh, me. Sorry, I, I I broke through your impenetrable defense on just <laughs> ignoring the NFL playoffs last the year. Chiefs dome. Uh, BC. Your level of uh, interest, I feel like between you and Brunch, you'd be more likely to attend an NFL <laughs> draft. But it's not like this is a significantly high bar to clear. It'd be like if Brunch is a zero, you might be a 0.5 or a one. Uh, yeah, that'd be accurate because I, I've been so fired up about this portal stuff, man, that uh, I forgot the day was even the NFL draft and until uh, about 9.15 this morning. Yeah, well, you know. It's here, whether we want it to or not. the The future of the Minnesota Vikings could be decided tonight. That's that's how you have to feel about it. Uh, <laughs> They're going to take a guard. Like when you say, I would like love that, if they like, took a guard. I'd like, celebrate hey, a guard. We're going to take a guard. I'd be thrilled. Give me a guard. Okay, I no. I got one quick fun, maybe fun draft question. Was there one pick in your lifetime for your team where you just like? Yet, yes or no, it could be either side of it where you were just ecstatic or infuriated, or but in the moment it was like this is a big deal. Uh, Adrian Peterson was I was over the moon about that in Mm -hmm. was it 2007 draft because there was a lot of Brady Quinn talk and Ted Ginn Jr. talk and just stuff that I don't think I was interested in, and for it to end up being Adrian Peterson 
uh, was thrilled by that. I also distinctly remember being very fired up about Teddy Bridgewater at the end of the 2014 draft. And I still feel like that's a great what if. If he never tears his ACL, they probably win the title in mm-hmm. 2016. Everybody knows that. So, What Brunts. about you, Bronco Brunts? I, Tebow I, got him pretty gassed up. <laughs> Tebow, Tebow got me gassed up in a bad way. I remember where I was when Denver selected Paxton Lynch. Um, <laughs> not in a good way. <laughs> uh I remember, I remember where I was sitting, and I remember having to kind of do one of these, like whenever you you swear a little too loudly and there's kids around. Mm-hmm. So that that that's, was, that's probably the most recent one. Who was the pick where John Elway thought it was a good pick, like a year or two later, and he went back and got after a guy on Twitter? Uh, they were that guy was clapping on him about Trevor Simeon, right? Oh, okay, yeah. And L.A. remembered it and came back like two years later for some reason and got after him. But yeah, yeah. BC was there like was it Fran Tarkenton for you that you were pretty okay? Fired up yeah, about? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's real hilarious. Um, Love that Nick Tinglehoff pick. This this sounds like this sounds like oh I know stuff others don't. But what, Randy Moss, like when they, yeah. I couldn't believe. I ser- I was in high school and I couldn't believe uh, when Randy Moss was like kept hanging on the board mm-hmm. it, i mean he was like the 18th pick or whatever and um he would be one and adrian peterson was definitely one i was um, yeah. i knew i knew adrian peterson was gonna rip up the league so I mean, and then the one the funny ones are like the ones you try to talk yourself into but you even know that night it's not like christian, christian ponder. ponder yeah, yeah. that one yeah. <laughs> definitely we both knew at that time we were like yeah you know maybe <laughs> if if everything comes yeah. together he can be a pretty good game manager it'll work out it'll be great uh, yeah. Randy Moss is why I'm a Vikings fan. I basically just decided I was going to go wherever Randy Moss went. And it just so happened to be the Minnesota Vikings. So that's that's the exact rationale there. Uh all right. Let's let's get into some portal talk. I'm going to I'm going to let you guys decide how you want to start this. Do you want to talk about the guys that Nebraska had go into the portal or would you like to discuss what's happening next door in Colorado? Both things will be talked about, but you can decide the order of the events. Here's here. We'll start with Nebraska. Is how on a, on a scale of one to 10, this is a radio guy question. How big of a surprise was Stefan Wynn jr. And how big of an impact will that be on Nebraska in 2023? Uh, A five and a three. So a surprise, not much impact. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's kind of where I'm at with it. Like, I think what happens sometimes with the transfer portal is that we completely sort of overtalk how much someone was going to be involved in whatever it was. Like, I I think Stefan Wynn would have been nice depth for Nebraska, but I as I wrote yesterday, I'm not entirely sure that it behooved the team to give him a bunch of reps if he's only marginally better than guys that they think are going to be there for a long time. And I think they really like their defensive line class that they put together. I think that they're intrigued by Ruquan Buckley and some other guys. And I just think if you're looking at the overall outlook of building a program moving forward, Stefan wins one year here 
and likely 20 snaps a game or less could be used towards someone that's going to be here for a lot longer that has maybe more development ahead of them. Uh, and I just I, I don't think that there's that big of a loss for Nebraska with Stefan Wynn, whereas he's probably looking to go. He's got one year left. He's looking to go play somewhere where he's going to get more snaps. That would be my guess. I would say uh, I was surprised by it. Um, I'd say it was a seven on the surprise scale and a four on the factor scale. Um, I, 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 that was one I just like, as I thought about like who, who could go in, no, nobody else is, um, in any way as we'll get to the names shook me at all. But, but when was like, Ooh, that's interesting. I mean, I did one of those. It wasn't like you, we, we've had other portal examples where it's like, it seems like everything's on fire around you for a, hour or two with people's opinions on it and this certainly wasn't one of those but it was a surprise to me does so we heard all a lot this spring about nebraska playing defensive linemen across multiple spots elijah judy i I think he was the most prominent one in my mind at least talking about Mm -hmm. how he was learning every spot including nose do you do you guys feel like the way that this line is this line group is currently constructed, which I believe if you have Machachok on the defensive line, gives them 14 scholarship defensive linemen. Do you feel like they have enough? Do you feel like they have enough in, in the middle specifically to make this defense work and be stout against the run? Cause I guess that's my, when I start thinking about concern with win, it's okay. You're, you're going to have Ty Robinson there. You know, you've got uh, Nash Hutmacher probably taking a step forward. I think Judy can probably play in there a little bit too. Um, it, is that enough given that we know that Matt Win or Matt Rule uh, wants to play a lot of defensive line? I mean, he said he wants to basically do hockey line changes if he can. So is there enough there? For me, yes. I, I feel okay about it. I like. I'm not ruling out the idea that sort of like Prince Will and Cam Lenhart, that a guy like Riley Van Poppel can't get involved into this whole thing too. And so I think because they like a lot of these guys, they don't want to allocate a bunch of snaps to someone who's only got one year left. And I don't think that they view it. Like I, I don't think they view Stefan win the same way that the Scott Frost staff would have, where the whole thing is we have to win these games right now so we have to have this piece right now whereas if they get 70 percent of stefan win from you know elijah judy and riley van poppel and whoever else like i think that's more valuable for the overall program moving forward so um i i don't i also just i don't want to make it sound like i'm talking bad on him but it's at no point last year was I like, oh wow, look at Stefan Wynn go. You know, he was he was fine. He was a complimentary piece on the defensive line. Like I just don't I don't think the production that you're gonna get from him is so large that you can't make it up with some other guys. And I can understand why you would want to give those reps to younger people. Yeah. Um I don't know. I, I... I I am changing my view a little bit because um, of the freshman factor uh, that we saw even in a spring game with those guys. And I do think as, as Schaefer is pointing out, there are, there is a guy or two still incoming 
that I think could be involved in the fall. Um, and uh, I would agree when last year was sort of one of those guys who um, I, I, I don't know what his snap count was. I was trying to look it up actually. Um, he got more snaps than I thought actually during this season, but he, he didn't make a ton of wow plays. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I, th I think uh Matt Rule's going to play the long game a little bit more than the previous staff, and I thought that was uh, pretty well put by Schaefer. So, Stefan Wynn goes in. Brunch, you want to run through the list of, of who else has entered the portal right now as of 9.54 a.m. on a Thursday? Yeah, so Stefan Wynn went in yesterday. Logan Smothers um, testing the waters for what's out there. Um also, uh, Richard Torres. So you're down two scholarship quarterbacks. Not, but not really surprising on either of those guys. Smothers, I was a little curious about how he would move forward with that. But um, both of those guys are in there. Sean Hardy, um, also in Victor Jones Jr. And I'm trying to see if I'm forgetting anybody else. Smothers. Uh, Braxton Clark was the other one. Um, Braxton Clark leaving that officially closes the book on Nebraska's 2018 recruiting class, um, which ended in two draft picks, Cam Jurgens and Cam Taylor Britt, the two cams, and Adrian Martinez, probably the other noteworthy um, member of that class as a four-year starting quarterback. But I don't think any of those guys were particularly big surprises to anybody um, when you were kind of doing the the mental math on who might leave. I'd like to see, <clears throat> I'd like to see Braxton have success somewhere. Um, he's a guy who was always sort of um, on the fringe. Um, you know, I mean, you remember the first, uh, was it that fall camp? Um, maybe this freshman year when he was being talked about, like on the two deep. Uh, by Travis Fisher. So he was always sort of right there, but there was like two or three guys in front of him. There was an injury at one point, I believe. Um, so he was always sort of like that fourth or fifth guy. Nice guy to have definitely on the roster. And I think has some quality snaps still in him. So I hope he does find a good landing spot. I think he is an example when rule talks about, you know, the portal can be good for some guys. It, de it definitely could for someone like him because he's, he's a guy who I does, I do think has some game. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's interesting because there's other teams, you know, in our network, I was just talking with someone and their team desperately needs cornerbacks. And it's just like, well, that's randomly a position where Nebraska feels probably pretty good about what it has. And so it's, it's always, you know, you think so much about internally, like, Oh, Nebraska doesn't have this. Nebraska doesn't have that. Well, there's big 10 teams on their schedule that, are in the same boat that either have to go into the portal to find these people or have to, to make do with what they have on their roster. So I, I think sometimes you get so focused on what your team doesn't have, you sort of forget that there's a lot of incomplete rosters still around the Big Ten and especially around the Big Ten West. I The, the one that I think I'm going to be most curious about his landing spot, and maybe the door is open for a return to Nebraska, I don't know, but Logan Smothers. I mean, I, I would love to, to see him in sort of a more option-based offense and, and less of whatever Mark Whipple was running last year that wasn't going to be a good fit for him. Uh, you know, I saw on our message board, someone suggested, like, if he was at a Coastal Carolina, what that would look like. Um, and I think, didn't Jamie Chadwell go to Liberty? 
He's, so he's maybe, at Liberty. Maybe, Tim Beck is at yeah. Coastal now. Yeah, so um, you know, maybe maybe he ends up at a like a Liberty or or wherever. I I think Logan Smothers can work in a certain sort of environment, and I always have a lot of respect for him. I mean, he's a really tough kid. He was uh, someone who felt very strongly about Nebraska, and I think he he went out and got a degree, and so I'm I'm happy for him. I mean, he made this the best that he could. And, uh, I distinctly remember last year people being pretty surprised when he just came forward and he's like, yeah, I'm not leaving. Like, I'm not going in the portal. I want to stay here. I want to play at Nebraska. And it just hasn't worked for him. But I, I hope the best for him. And, and I'm really going to be curious, like, where he ends up. And I, I'm going to want to watch him play. He's just one of those guys that I, I feel, you know, pretty strongly about. So uh, happy for him. And he just, you know, there's just sometimes where it's just not the right fit at Nebraska. It doesn't necessarily mean that either side is wrong. It's just – uh, there's somewhere else that's probably going to be better for a guy like Logan Smothers. Um, do you do you guys still get the do you get the sense that Nebraska is going to to go beyond 85 as as multiple players go into the portal? Do you? I, I think I was pretty convinced that they could end up you know looking to add another player or two out of the portal for themselves, but didn't Matt Rule sort of downplay that after the spring game? He was asked specifically about offensive line and what if they needed to add somebody there. And he, I thought he kind of shut it down. I mean, basically said, you know, we've got who we've got. We're going to coach them. Um, you know, you got guys coming in, um, you know, Sledge and Knutson and um, there's one other I'm blanking on um, from that group that um, Mason Goldman potentially on the, on that line. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I guess whenever spring ended, as it was kind of like, oh man, there's there's a you know a lot of work to do to get down to 85 by August, and it's like, okay, the portal's been open at least for, as far as Nebraska's concerned for this is going on day four. They're already sitting at 92, and if you're just kind of looking at various positions. I don't think it's that going to be that tough to get to 85, especially when you have, you know, the, the rule where you can basically keep a guy on scholarship, but just not on the team as a counter. Um, so I, you know, Matt rule has been pretty confident for a few months now that like, you know, you guys outside the walls are a lot more concerned about scholarship numbers than we are inside the walls. And, you know, maybe if, if there's somebody at a position where they need somebody in the portal, that makes sense. They'll pursue it, but I didn't get the sense that they were going to go into the portal like lock, stock, and you know, smoking barrel looking for guys. Yeah, it, it always sort of felt to me if they had something available that they would kind of if there was someone that caught their eye. But I think they're sort of you know, as you said, this is what they have, and they've still got they still have pieces coming in. I mean, I, there are some freshmen that maybe they think can play that aren't going to arrive until you know late May or early June. So I, I think that's certainly a portion of it as well. What are, what are your thoughts, BC, as to where things sit and with Nebraska's roster and potential portal additions? <clears throat> yeah, they're, they're, we're doing this podcast, I'll say it this time because it matters maybe, as of Thursday morning. So there's 92 right now. And, I mean, I, I suspect it could be below, you know, 90 by Friday morning. Um, and so um, – Maybe before the end of this podcast. Yeah, Who knows? yeah. Yeah, very breaking possibly. news. No, I, I don't have any breaking news. Okay. Oh, okay. But it could be breaking news. That's the point. 
Yeah, I, I thought I thought you had something there. That was yeah, going to be perfect ready. timing. It... Sorry. No, no, the 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 number is not a worry. I and I don't think it ever has been. Um, really, like even I forget what press conference if it was in December or January when I asked Rule about like just the the roster size because everybody was buzzing about it on the outside, and um, you could tell at that point he's like, it'll work out. And it was, I mean, it was not just said like in a coach speak. It was just like, you know, we're going to go through our winter program. It's not going to be for everybody. Guys are going to see where they stand to, and they're going to want fresher opportunities um, if they're not high on the depth chart. And that's exactly how it's playing out. Um, You know, the the portal's not always a curse word. It can be really good for some people. And uh, like we've mentioned a couple of them, like, uh, I have the same uh, sort of respect for like Logan Smothers. He's a guy who, you know, a couple of years ago could have went in the portal. And I think people would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. Like if he wanted to, and he's, he's stuck around longer than a lot of people would. I always wonder what would have happened that off season had Nebraska hung on in the fourth quarter of the Iowa game that he started. Um, yep. Not saying that would have changed everything, but that's one of those little what ifs in Husker football. The narrative would have been if they had beat Iowa by like 10 points that day, but they had the fourth quarter meltdown. So there's always these little twists and turns that change guys careers and um, or make it not happen for them. And um, I, I, I hope the best for all the guys that are going in, but um, I don't think to this point, Nebraska's lost um, someone where people are, worried and it's happening pretty naturally what the the number count is dwindling sort of in a way it's like okay that makes sense he left and they're going to get there aren't they so it's good brunt how much of this do you think is because previously matt rule was at a place where you got to get from 90 to 53 you know by the start of september like he's he's sort of accustomed to your roster is going to dwindle at some point and there's going to be some filler and you're just going to move on from it yeah no i mean it's it's fascinating, especially at Nebraska, how people have managed – coaches have managed rosters. You know, I, I feel like, you know, with, with Bo and the Riley staff, you were always kind of playing from behind in terms of the number of scholarship guys you had. Really you know, hard to get to the 85 and like you were sitting at 92. Yeah, you were struggling to, get to, struggling to get to 80 at times, it felt like. Um, you know, Scott Frost, I felt like as time went on, I think did a little bit of a better job of just – keeping the numbers of scholarship guys where they probably needed to be. Um, And, you know, I I think with Matt Rule, you know, I I guess like, you know, the attrition, when when you have guys who are going into the portal who you're like, okay, it seems like an easy conversation, right? Like you're fourth on the depth chart right now. You're probably not going to play for at least a couple of years. If you want to play, you need to go elsewhere. Um, Like that seems pretty manageable um i don't know if his you know history is played into that at all but it, it it's not uh i don't i guess it just seems like you know i, I think they're going to do a pretty good job of managing numbers i think you're going to see a smaller walk-on group overall i think you're going to see them right around right around that 85 number at all times they'll probably oversign when they can you know i i think i think they're going to be pretty pretty smart about it especially if you know they want to be a developmental program you you want to take advantage of as many of those scholarship opportunities as as you have I mean you you don't want to just be leaving like seven scholarships on the table like we've seen happen at Nebraska at times 
All right. Well, speaking of managing scholarship numbers, that's an that's an easy segue. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but BC, what are your thoughts on what we're seeing in Boulder right now with Deion Sanders and uh, the I think eighteen remaining players on yeah. Colorado's roster? <clears throat> well, um, I guess he's playing a long game too, and I'm not here to opine that he's going to fail in the over the course of two, three, four years, I think about it more in our bubble from the vantage point of what's that team look like for an important game Nebraska's playing on September 9th. And it's going to be pretty, I mean, they're a team, I, let's put it this way, they're a team I would want to play in the non-con right now because basically when they get to August, um, it's going to be spring ball 101 for them. Uh, you know, with a whole new roster trying to get to know each other. I, I wrote about this on our site the other day, but Rule had a quote, and he was talking just about his team, by the way, but it was about how um, hard this spring was for guys and the fact that they don't really know what coaches are asking of them yet. They're figuring it out as they go through the spring, and next year it's going to be a whole lot easier. That would apply to anybody who's taking over a new program. So that's what Colorado is going to be doing on August 12th, you know, in a practice is basically having all these uh, sort of beginnings of a uh, chemistry form formulating uh, within their roster and how they do things. And they're going to have a game three weeks after that. It's just going to be very tough for them this year. And that's what interests me since Nebraska is playing them this year. Maybe it's going to work for Deion Sanders over the long haul. I'm not here to say it's not, um, but I do wonder what the effects are going to be of talking over your team because guys on the outside pay attention to that that aren't on that roster too and they they've seen that he's talking over his team about what's coming and not necessarily what's in front of him and if you give me the two ways of doing things of course this will sound like i'm sucking up but i it's just how i feel i would pick rules way where you're like i'm i'm on the team i have right now you know like that's who i'm looking at and i also think back to what brunch was answering before that makes it easier for these portal discussions when guys are leaving Nebraska, if they're third or fourth team, if they feel like this guy actually gave me a little bit, a legitimate shot. He didn't talk over me. Uh, I got my reps, but they still saw me as third team. I can live with that. And we have the conversation and we part ways. I think that's a lot different than some of the departures are seeing out of Colorado. I've, I've noticed some of those guys don't mention the coaching staff at all in their, in their exit um comments which messy. is uh it which is different than it usually is on those things yeah brunch anything you want to add no I, I, I they just had another guy go in um that's 67 in this um in this recruiting cycle did, i, I, did I thought you guys Brian like the hashtag real quickly do you like the hashtag hashtag we leaving because that's what someone posted nice. today um it's I thought Brian hit on it pretty well. I mean, I, I, I think what's tough is, you know, we've seen, I'm trying to think what like the best kind of overhaul via transfer portal has been. Would you say Michigan state, like Mel Tucker, that first year probably was, was the best that, that they've done. Just it's pretty good wide, wholesale. Florida state. I think the okay. last couple of years have been really active, really heavy with it. Um, yeah. But those, there's not many teams that, I feel very comfortable. Like there's individual pieces. Yes. But like 
five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten transfers that really help elevate you. Now, the difference, of course, Colorado is just trying to get past one and eleven, but still, it's a, yeah. it is a very fascinating experiment going on in Boulder. It has, I think, it's tough when like you know, so they had a couple guys that went in the portal that were like three-year starters at Colorado. And I know they're, you know, they're one and 11. They were not very good last year, but you, you kind of need, you need some of those guys around, right? Like, I think so. Uh, like, I, I think that's what you're going to be missing. Like it, it's, you know, when, when everybody's kind of a mercenary, you know, what, what's the, yeah. what's the thing that grounds everybody there? I mean, I, I, I'm curious to see um, how that plays out on the field. If they, let's say they fall behind, early to TCU, um, you know, what, what does that look like in terms of just guys continuing to play together and things like that? I, I've little doubt that they're going to bring in talented guys. I, I think, you know, Deion Sanders has that kind of pull. Um, but in, in terms of like a long-term, you know, path for success, I, I don't know that, uh, I don't know that this is necessarily it. I'm skeptical. I, I'm not willing to bet that it's going to be a complete flop, but it's going to be tough sledding right away, I think. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick timeout. We'll come back. We'll talk about the NFL draft, how it relates to Nebraska. We can get a baseball update after what feels like the uh, fourth disastrous loss in a row uh, for Nebraska. I know there's a win in there, but pretty ugly last five games for Nebraska baseball. So we'll let Brunts pump some sunshine about what's going on with Will Bolt's boys uh, as well. We'll talk some NFL draft when we return ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, NFL Draft, Kansas City, Nebraska, no one's going day one. Maybe. Do either of you feel like Trey Palmer ends up as a day two pick? Day two is second and third round, I believe. Everything else is Saturday, fourth through seventh. Uh, can Trey Palmer sneak into the second or third round now people are going to to feel like this isn't likely whatever we just saw cam jurgens end up as a second round pick last year so it's not it's not like nebraska hasn't had someone go in day two anytime recently can trey palmer be that guy brian christopherson 
He could be. Um, I would say, uh, guessing with the blindfold on, third or fourth round is where I would put him. So, Do you think he's um, right? Probably right on the, the borderline then. Yeah, he could be one of those guys who on uh, Friday night uh, at the end were writing those stories where, like, he's the third best wide receiver available Saturday morning, you know, on this site or whatever. Um, I could see something like that, yeah. I am a sucker for reading those stories, even if I'm not following the draft <laughs> that you? closely. That like, so after the first round, I love reading everyone's like best available second round, you know, talent. And then mm. what I want to do is start bookmarking those and then come back to them like four years later and be like, yeah, nope, nope, nope. Oh, that was a good call. You know, that's what I need to do. Yeah. I've never really done that, but I, I am a sucker for that. I will be reading it at midnight tonight or whenever early tomorrow morning. I, I am the type of person that gives him those precious clicks that everyone talks about. You could Elway someone, you could save the stockpile that stuff and come back, <laughs> come back three years later and just randomly get them nice. on a Tuesday in May. Yeah. Nice call Todd. <laughs> yeah. Just go after some random guy who's yeah. working in a machining shop who had a draft opinion or something. Yeah. Brunch, what, what are your thoughts on Trey Palmer? Like, do you think um, if, if the Broncos were to add him to their stable of wide receivers, it's about the only thing that they have going for him at the moment. Do you, would you be excited about this? Uh, it depends when he was added. If, if he was added Late day two, let's say early day three, I'd feel pretty good about that. Okay. Um, I think that's where I would probably fall. I, I also think that Denver's got a little they, they got the head coach going for him. That that's the other thing they got going. Oh, and, sorry, uh, yes. Uh, with all the draft picks they traded for him. Um I would say probably early day three, I'd feel pretty good about that. I think I think the speed is there, the the ability to be a deep threat is there. I wonder a little bit about, you know, the there's been questions about like, you know, just route running ability, hands, you know, on the intermediate stuff. Um, but, I mean, he's got speed. I, uh, I'm i a sucker for a little speed on the outside, and uh, I, I wouldn't hate that on day three. If I set the over-under at one and a half for Nebraska players selected, because I feel like that's the only real number that you could use here. Brian Christopherson, you going over or you going under? I would probably, I'd probably go under. I think it's, I think it's going to be Palmer and a lot of quality. And I mean this guys with free agent options who could uh, make a run. I think Caleb Tanner's interesting. Like I could see him like uh, in the right uh, place. I think O'Shawn Mathis will have a shot. Like I, I wouldn't rule out like O'Shawn Mathis if someone really loved him jumping in on him late you know um but guys like that um i think are gonna get with the team and if it, it's just a matter of if they fit if they fit just right in that defense you know like they find the perfect uh marriage and and then it could take off but um i'm gonna say one only one pick brunch are you are you agreeing with bc or are you going opposite here i'll go i'll uh not just for the sake of debate i'll go over i think embrace it i think mathis I think Mathis goes late. I think he'll go. I think he'll be like, you know, 
a team's going to be like, we want him as a priority free agent. We want to make sure we get him and and they'll jump in late. I think when you looked at what he did during the, uh, the showcase game that he was in, I mean, he was playing defensive tackle. Um, you know, he, he's mm-hmm. got production from his time at TCU. He's a guy that can probably play in, in, you know, multiple defenses. I think there's probably some value there. So I, I would lean maybe towards him being like a very, very late pick as, you know, a team just wanting to make sure that they get him, um, which that's kind of like what the seventh round is. I mean, you're, you're, you're it's just teams, you know, not wanting to, you're just playing prevent it. defense against everyone. Yeah, else you don't want to get in. The, you don't want to get in the rat race for guys. So I, I I'll go over. I, I think he gets picked late. Yeah, I'm I'm with Brunts on this. I think he's like a late sixth, early seventh round pick. Uh, I think Nebraska will have two. I also agree with BC. I think there's some intriguing potential. Um, you know, undrafted free agents for Nebraska. Uh, I'm really interested in what happens with like a Garrett Nelson. If he's able to to carve out a spot on a practice squad uh, with a you know a good training camp or something like that, I think he can. I I think he can. My only hesitation is I if he was like an inch or two taller, it'd be maybe a little bit easier to to sell that as as a potential defensive lineman there. But um, yeah, I think O'Shawn Mathis will get drafted. I I'm pretty sure that Trey Palmer will as well. And I probably fourth or fifth round for me with Trey Palmer. I don't think he's going to be a day two guy. Um, but uh, anybody want to call their shot as to where Trey Palmer ends up? You, you got a one in 32 chance. Hmm. Oddly specific NFL draft predictions. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, do you want me to pull up the, the pick list so you can line it up with a pick? Yeah, give me, give me who the – where do the Raiders pick in round five? All right, looking up Raiders NFL draft picks. <laughs> you take the Raiders just because they just take fast guys all the time. The, the, the or that used speed. to be the knock. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Raiders have 12 draft picks, which is tied for the Houston Texans for the most. Hmm. Where, where are they where are they picking early on day three? Um, I'm looking for the list. Day three, they pick number 109. They do have – they have pick 100 in the end of round three or towards the end of round three. Uh, they have um, pick 109, pick 141, pick 144, pick 174. If that's through the fifth round, they start the sixth round with pick 204, pick 214, and then in round seven they have 220 and 231. What, what Raiders what are, pick are they going to use on Trey Paul? 109 would be early, early day three, right? Early day three, yeah. Give give me that. All right, Brunt is in on the Raiders. Yeah, BC. Since we're doing this now, you got to pick a team. Give me the fourth round Saints, wherever they're picking. <laughs> All right, fourth, home. fourth round fourth. with the Saints. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna, I'm gonna have Michael Severe texting me like the the, the no receivers needed or something. I, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> he <laughs> he no got idea. after me. He got after me this morning for mentioning that Zay Flowers could be someone that the uh, the Vikings end up with, and I learned that he, he had a high college drop rate. So. Um, you know, severe always always trying to get us the information. I know he listens to this show. We appreciate it. So the get a text, have... get a text also says, do the research, dummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can anyway, that. fourth the... round, fourth round saints, yes. So that's uh that's number 115. 
There you go. <laughs> Number one fifteen. For, We're circling for it. The we, we got it. We got it circled. Lock in. I'll be more fired up than ever if that happened. <laughs> I mean, can we get a live. That'd be one of those out? things you would want. Like you would want to tell everybody. Like I'd meet and no one would care. It would be one of those things you're really excited about. Like my dad broke into the eighties in golf for the first time in his life yesterday. Shout out to Bruce Christopherson shot an 85 at shoreline. Our family is like ecstatic about it. Do you guys are, you, do you care? Probably not. You don't care, but man, that's what I, I would feel if, uh, if Trey Palmer were one fifteen of the saints, he's, he's probably walking around Omaha right now. and be like, Hey, how's it going today? Oh, well I shot 85 yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I was excited. I clapped for him. He, he drove the golf cart up and I clapped for him as he took his hat and waved it at me. Wow. Wow. So nice nice moment. Put me, put me down. We're all just going to stand around for, we've got the Raiders. We've got the saints. Give me the Ravens and their perpetual need for wide receivers at, uh, at one twenty four, round four, Trey Palmer. So, uh, we'll, we'll see. Uh, we'll open it up. What to team's going to take Ocean? Too. What's up? What team's going to take Ocean? Who's going to take Ocean? You don't have to. Okay. Are we, we're going to do this. All right. I'll, I'll go ahead and, uh, I'll say that the, the Atlanta Falcons, at the end of the draft, and I now have to go look up the Atlanta Falcons picks. I know it's shocking. I don't have all of this memorized, but. Uh, I'm going to say, we'll, while we'll you're looking, there. I'm going to say Garrett Nelson ends up a free agent with the Minnesota Vikings. Oh, wow. Spielman's gone, though, any, right? any particular infill that you can bring there for us? No, no. That's just I, I said that like I did though. I, I said that like I have a guy in the Vikings offices. I don't. <laughs> uh, so the Atlanta Falcons pick two twenty four or two twenty five. O'Shawn Mathis. Okay. Give me pick two oh seven. I don't care who it is. That's where he's <laughs> okay. going. I'm not even going to look it up. I'm just going to. No. I'm going to wait until we get into the draft, and then it's going to be coming around to pick two oh seven, and I'll send you a text to turn your TV on. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And it's going to be like some, some, uh, like tight end from, I don't know, Troy yeah. is going to go in that spot. Okay. So let's say, let's say for the sake of argument that it's Trey Palmer and O'Shawn Mathis. If I eliminated Quentin Newsom, who is the next person currently on Nebraska's roster to have their name called in an NFL draft? Because I think Newsom's a surefire NFL pick next year. <clears throat> But after that, I Bring think it, it gets kind of could get kind of wonky. Well, um, hmm. Gilbert could uh, could it entertain it, Gunny? Technically, yep. Um, I, I'm I'm not saying him though. I was just thinking out loud. Is is the correct answer Brian Buscini? The the correct answer what? Is, is Brian Buscini in that conversation? He could be your answer. You could definitely take Brian Buscini. I think maybe an average of two punters a year get drafted. So you're leaving yourself, you know, yeah. he's got to be one of the top couple guys there. I'm contractually obligated to choose a tight end. So I would go Gilbert. But I, I think, I don't know, like would uh, – like Luke Reimer, does he have a strong enough year in a three-three-five to do something? I don't know if he's big enough, but he could be a decent special teams guy too. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. 
Yeah, that's... I feel like I feel like we have this conversation every year, and it's well, like I don't know. That's because we're in this cycle where Nebraska has about one or two guys getting drafted yeah. every year. So yeah. trying to trying to get you to throw that dart right now. Yep. Is Jeff? What if it's Jeff Sims? I mean, Anthony Richardson's being discussed as a first round caliber quarterback, and he had a uh, a salty fifty four percent completion percentage last year. So. I think Jeff Sims' athleticism and the fact that he's someone that, as Matt Rule said, NFL scouts were already sort of drooling over his tools. So if he has a good year, I mean, it's it's a possibility. I I would put it as somewhat unlikely, but I think I think you can make a pretty strong argument about every name that anyone's going to say. So, yeah, uh, you know, a guy like uh, a guy like Miles Farmer is only a junior, but he's been around the program a long time. So this is and this is not like trying to force guys out the door by any means, but we are in that point where because of the COVID year, I feel like, um, you know, juniors are seniors sometimes basically now it's like they've spent their time in college. Let's see what's at the next level. I think farmer has um, NFL possibilities. And I think there's people on the staff who believe that too. But um, you know, he's a guy that if, if, if things went right for him, he could be in the conversation. Why Why not Billy Kemp? Why not three straight years of your one-year transfer portal wide receiver making it to the NFL? Uh, Billy Kemp, late-round pick as a punt return guy, special teams player as well. Maybe he could be a gunner for you, getting value out of your 53-man roster. Put me down for Billy Kemp. Okay. Mm. Okay. All right. Any any other things you guys want to hit on here today before we we throw it to Nebraska baseball and Michael Brunts to bring us all home? No, just make sure you write down all those these draft these draft predictions so people really can, can take them to the bank. Pick two hundred seven. Uh, we got the Saints for Trey Palmer, the Ravens and Raiders for Trey Palmer, O'Shawn Mathis to the Falcons, and. Garrett Nelson to the Vikings after the draft ends. Those are all of the mm-hmm. all of the primary predictions that can be discussed on the next next podcast. All right, Brunch, explain to me: Was the South Dakota State loss the worst midweek loss of the year? Uh yes, yeah, okay, without question. Um, all right, I just wanted to confirm my suspicions. You fall behind seven to nothing to a team that I mean, give South Dakota. Dakota State some credit. That was our 11th straight win. Um, they hit well, but yeah, I mean, the, Nebraska just, uh, they played a good game against Omaha on Tuesday and just looked disinterested as all get out on Wednesday. And that's, you know, after the game, you kind of, the, the, the team gathers in shallow left and they discuss things. I mean, they, they were out there for 20 minutes last night and I'm guessing it was not a, a lighthearted conversation that was being had. Um, I mean, they're at the point now where, and they've been here for a while, the the, the sweep at the hands of Iowa certainly, you know, cemented that. But it, it was been there for a while. I mean, they're going to have to win the Big Ten tournament to get in, into the NCAA tournament. There, there's no getting out from the strength of schedule anchor that they have. Um, so now they've got to qualify for Omaha. And – the Big Ten tournament. This is actually a, a sneaky big weekend against Minnesota. Like you, you need to win this series because if you don't, you're already starting like Big Ten tournament scenarios 
And that's not a good place to be when you're only halfway through the conference season. I mean, we're not even in May yet. So they, they just need to, uh, they need to find some pitching to, to improve. I mean, the, they didn't have a starter go four innings in Iowa and you know, the, the bats need to be a little bit more consistent. I mean, you saw it the other night or last night that, you know, just not enough situational hitting and, you know, not working counts, just, just not competitive at bats. It's, it's uh it was an opportunity last night to get some momentum going into a key weekend. And it's just, you know, one step forward, two back right now. With, with the, like, what do we make of this? Cause this would sort of be the second, just real kind of disappointing season coming off of that high point of the regional final against Arkansas. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, that's tough. I mean, they, they really reconfigured the roster this year, added more veterans and, you know, I, I think, you know, when they're, they're going to have to do it again going into the next season. I mean, you're, you're not getting Max Anderson back. You're not getting Bryce Matthews back more than likely. Um, same thing with Emmett Olsen. Um, I, I, I would be shocked if he's on the roster next year. And, you know, I, I think last year's team, and I think to a degree this year's team, I mean, you, you just don't have enough edge. I mean, you, you don't have guys that are, are just kind of, for lack of a better word, just red asses that, that get red after ass baseball boys that, that get after opponents that don't have letdowns in midweeks. Um, you know, so many of their best players are just quiet leaders. And that, and that's that that's just kind of been, uh, I think, to their detriment the last couple of years. So uh, that, they'll have to get that figured out. I mean, there's like I said, I mean, still about 20 games or so left in the in this regular season to get things turned around before they get to Omaha. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's the, the inconsistency, I think, has probably been the most frustrating thing where you go and win a big road series against Michigan. And then just, you know, with kind of a similar opportunity against an Iowa team, that's actually pretty good and probably an NCAA tournament team uh, just looked completely overmatched all weekend. So um, it's, it's, it's definitely uh, a, a, a program right now that needs to get some things figured out. That's for sure. BC, anything you want to add? <clears throat> no, I was uh, just listening intently um to Brunson I thought he summed up what's going on well with baseball nice job Brunts I'd like to congratulate nice job, you on Brunts. that oddly specific baseball prediction when will the Oakland A's win their 10th game of the year how many wins are they, they got right five now? they got they five, got five right now when do they play Cleveland next Cleveland's just giving away wins I need a date when is it going to be I think, I think they're going to get there by May 11th I'll go May 8th I think it's going to be like they play on May 8th. May 23rd. Like we're looking no. at June. It's their pitching is horrendous right now. It's real fun, bad. some fun exciting young players, but I think we might be looking at uh starting to turn we might be making Memorial Day weekend plans before they get uh get to 10. So put that down with the, put that down with the uh the NFL oh, the other stuff. stuff? Okay. Yeah. Um do either of you watch MLB Big Inning? Sometimes <laughs> my, my, why my team doesn't have them. <laughs> uh, well, MLB big inning for those that don't know, it's sort of like the red zone version of MLB TV. Like they'll do a quad box. I've enjoyed it. 
The other day I meant to text you, Brunch. Uh, the guy who hosts it was getting after he was getting after the A's for keep calling up these pitchers and putting them in positions where they really haven't gone through like the high level of minors. And he's like, Oh yeah, okay, here, great. Go work through all of your issues against the the Angels on national TV and in front of all of these people. You you pitched in high A. You're clearly good enough to move up. And he was like getting after him. I, I was curious how you feel about this. No, I more people should. I I I would I would wholeheartedly baptism support by fire for the Bronxes. More uh, well, no, I meant I was I was going to say I I prefer, I appreciate national people getting after the A's. I want oh, more okay. of that. Sorry, I mis- you know, misunderstood. If, if a guy's throwing a hundred, put him in there. What the hell? The last two games, that's what they've done. It's been yeah. a bit of a struggle. So, All right. Um, anybody have anything they want to close this thing out with? We're at 50 minutes. We, no, I'm done. I don't know how we got to 50 minutes on either of these things, but we made it. Congrats to us. Wonderful podcast. Great work today, guys. We really brought it. Yep. Uh, back to Portal Vigil. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is the Husker 24-7 podcast for Brian Christopherson, Michael Bruns, I'm Mike Schaefer. Be sure to check out everything we got going on at Husker247.com. Plenty of portal news to be covered, some draft news coming this weekend, some recruiting news, uh, as always. There's always things going on in the recruiting world, and all of that can be found at Husker247.com. We'll be back next week with another podcast. We'll catch you then. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.